0: Welcome to the Camera Therapy Podcast. I'm Damien, and
1: I'm Aline.
0: So this episode is about how much should you charge for your services and then also about working for doing the technique free to fee, which is essentially doing free work before you could start charging, kind of showing your value, that kind of stuff. So this episode definitely gets better as it goes. So stick with us through to the end because I'm you'll definitely get some value from this episode. It's really great if you hear it from start to finish. So let's get right into it. How much should you charge? Okay, so I'll give you this, this formula I followed. Really sit back for a second and ask yourself, how much do I wanna be paid an hour? How much can I be paid an hour where I'm comfortable with it? And I would be happy with that. So me, my standards are a little lower. I don't need to be paid $100 an hour. I mean, it would be nice to and sometimes, you know, you can do that. But like if I want to sustain like having constant clients, then me for me, I like doing like if you're just starting out, think like, OK, $30 an hour, $50 an hour. Do something like that. So if you add that up, OK, imagine you do a shoot that's like five hours. OK, say it's like a, a normal corporate style shoot and it's like five hours. OK, so we'll add this up. So if you do like $50 an hour times like six hours, that's $300. Okay, that's not a lot of money because you still need to edit. Okay, so you need to think about, okay, how long is it going to take me to put this video together? They say each minute of a video should take you about an hour. I'd say if you're just starting out and you're not super experienced and don't have a super clear vision on how it's going to come together, I would double that. So I'm going to say to you, it's not going to take you... You know, if it's a three to five minute video, it's not going to take you five hours to put it together. Okay, I would say it's going to take you probably about 12. I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Aline, you let me know if you were like a guru from the jump because I definitely was not. <laughs> no,
1: definitely not. Um, and each, each project is so different.
0: About, yeah, I probably spent about five hours trying to rip my hair out, trying to figure out how to color grade. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and over here, like I'm on the more narrative end. A five-minute short film could easily take you months to finish. I'm not exaggerating. It just goes in so much more detail when we're talking about filmmaking in and, and the narrative sense, like you've got your sound design to worry about, you've got color grading. So it's a crazy, crazy take on. Um, and if you're doing this professionally, any one of those jobs, they're going to take a lot of time.
0: If we're doubling then I would say okay so 50 bucks an hour if you shop for six hours that's 300. Add another six hours that ends up being like with editing that's 600. They're not responsible for how fast you move that's kind of on you so that's where you gotta kind of take a financial loss in the sense that you don't have a system yet where you work fast and efficient. So add an extra like two hours to that then you got yourself an $800 video right there. If you want to over deliver and this is like one of your first videos type thing i would do 600 just because it gives them a lower expectation and when they start shopping around they're going to be like okay this guy is obviously a little bit less experienced but he charges us a bit less and then they can decide if they want to take the risk of hiring someone who's a little less experienced but then they obviously Obviously, they have to come with the expectation that they cheaped out and that's fine, right? At least there's that expectation. But if you go and charge 800 and you don't have the skill set for, you know, for that or you're not even time wise too, because if someone's charging you, I remember I did a video for uh, a bank and I charged them two grand and the only reason why I charged them two grand. I like it was a video I would have charged like a grand for, but I charged them two grand because they wanted a 24 hour turnaround time. That sounds like a lot, but I'm talking like literally I shot it at 10 in the morning and they wanted it the next day in the afternoon. They wanted the video done, like revisions done, edited, color graded, everything done in their hands, like ready to go, done. That's the thing, right? Like you can charge if they know they're going to get their product quicker, then they might just pay that extra. These guys got money. If you can show your value, that kind of thing, and you have things set in place, it can be done. And that's another thing. I would try writing a script, write storyboards if you can, so that you have a clear vision of what you're going to shoot. Make it easy for yourself. When it comes to color grading, my best advice to you, try to nail it down in the camera. Some dude said to me yesterday, he's like, "Yo, because he shoots in like C-Log, which Log Profile is like a flat, flat image. He had this extensive color grading system of, and he put it on Instagram and it was amazing. I'm like, wow, that looks amazing. Like how long did it take you to do that shot? He's like 15 minutes. If you're doing it for something like a narrative film or something where you have time I get it but what he was doing is for a wedding right and I'm like oh no I couldn't do that because that means I would spend so much more extra time like five or six hours added on just to color grade and to me this is not a difference that the couple is gonna care about what he did looked beautiful but he was even telling me he wishes he's like oh I wish I had it like you know like the footage you put out was amazing like what what Log profile? You shooting? And I'm like, I don't shoot log. I shoot it standard. I lose some dynamic range, but it saves me time. I get the image I want pretty much right out of the camera. Um, and if you can nail it down like that, I'll do an episode one day about color grading and let you guys know how I do it. Um, but honestly, I would say if you can try to nail it right down in the camera. That was my best my best advice to you if you're trying to set pricing. I wanted to give you guys an actual some actual numbers so you can really hear it write this down on paper make it make sense for you and budget and see you know be honest with yourself be honest with yourself about your skill do not think you're just entitled to x amount of dollars because you came out with a diploma or degree or whatever or because you bought a three thousand dollar camera they don't care about your camera Just because you bought a $6,000 camera does not mean you know what you're doing. Even if you kind of know what you're doing, you still need to have a vision. When you're working with corporate, they don't care that you're just going to make them a video. If it's not going to make them any money, if there's no ROI, return on investment, then your video is pointless. If you're doing film, that's a different story. But I'm just saying, if you're doing direct client work and you're trying to figure out how to charge serve don't sell figure out how what the video is going to do for them is it going to give them value ask yourself these honest questions have that vision if you tell them telling them that they're going to get a video that's cool it looks nice that's cool if you can tell them how the video is going to help them make money if you don't hear anything I've said in the past hour listen to this if you're going to work directly with a client tell them how your video is going to make them money because if you can do that you can pretty much tell them, yeah, this video is going to cost you two grand. Because if you can tell them, yeah, you're going to make X amount of dollars back and you can hit them with facts and reasoning as to how that's going to happen, then you can tell them whatever price tag you want to put on it. Another guy I'm going to feature on this podcast is a music video director. And dude, he's got receipts on his Instagram where he charged one project like, 30 grand and he closed it if you can show value if you can tell a company a person whatever how you're going to take them from point a to point b if you can give them that solution serve don't sell that's when you can start charging higher
1: yeah and i'm sure by now you guys have realized this business isn't just about shooting camp with cameras and how good you are it's about talking to people meeting them where it makes sense for them um, because at the end of the day, you're someone who has a skill set, but it's not just about that. It's about, it's about the client. They're the ones paying you. What do they need to feel comfortable and happy?
0: Aline, let me ask you right off the bat. Can you tell me when you started? Like, did you did you ever do any jobs for free where you felt like? You got something out of it.
1: So I can give you the optimistic response to that first and be like, I feel that any project, especially when you're starting out, will get you something out of it. If it's not you learning on the job, because I learn on every job, no matter what it is, then you'll be at least making a valuable connection. That's the hope whenever you work with somebody, that they're somebody that you can build a relationship with, because that's what this business and many businesses are just built off of is relationships.
0: Yeah, who you know is is really important. Sometimes just knowing the right people can get you from point A to point B.
1: In the beginning, you're not gonna know a whole lot of people. So just for that reason alone, doing free gigs will be a value to you. But you do need to have some level of character judgment, judgment of character. You gotta know how to read people a little bit. I'm not saying do everything that comes your way. Be a little decisive about what you wanna take. Be a little strategic. If you know you wanna go in a certain direction, don't do corporate if you want to shoot weddings in your future. Just try to streamline what you're trying to do. If you do have a goal,
0: yeah, I would try to be mindful of, like you were saying, I'd be mindful about who you, like who you decide to do free work for. Um, best example I can give you was, I worked with a photographer, and this was about three, four years ago, and I wasn't like just starting out, but I was trying. I was at a point where like I was at a crossroads of. Not knowing how to go about getting more weddings. So I started working with different photographers to try and partner with them. The problem with with that was like, if you're going to partner with people, you got to ask yourself, are they my audience? Like, do they have, do they have the clients that I'm actually trying to get? You know, if you're going to like second shoot for someone or work alongside them, you got to ask them like, are they where I want to be? Try to work with people who are where you want to be. Because what could, what could happen is like maybe they have a lot of the time like they'll have gig A and then they get a second gig on that day and they can't do it but because you've been learning from them and there's some built rapport or trust they may just hand that off to you. They might give you that opportunity if you're in the room. So that's why I would suggest just trying to connect with people um, and just be genuine in your approach. Really see how you can serve them to really help them that way when you know, when, they, when they're when they trying to think of people who they want to put on, they're going to put you on. So I'll give you a story. Um, it does not have a good ending. So I worked with a photographer, and he was the worst person ever. Um, he pretty much was one of those photographers who, he didn't have a website. He I only discovered certain things afterwards. But essentially, he booked, I met him at a wedding, okay? And he was, a lot of people talked about him. His personality, his energy, I think that's what really made him win brides over. So anyway, after the wedding, he's like, oh yeah, we should work together. We should do some weddings together. And he wanted me to work alongside him. I'm going to tell you guys right now, if you're going to work alongside people, make sure that you retain your brand. Make sure that you're working. It's a collaboration. Don't work under someone. Don't, you know, because what this photographer did is he wanted me to essentially he had his company so i'll call the company wedding pro videos okay so wedding pro videos wanted wanted to offer videography so he pretty much said, okay, you'll work under me. And then the na- the the videos that you put out will be under my brand, under my name. So it's like, I'm essentially getting paid. Kind of like I'm a ghost, like a ghost writer, like a ghost videographer. Like he would put out the videos and say, yeah, these are the videos I offer, but it would be me shooting them. That's not going to, that, that, all that's going to do in the short term is it's going to help you get a quick buck, but it's not going to help you in the long term because when people think, put this video out they're just gonna think oh yeah it was wedding video pro not you so that to me i think that's a mistake i made and the, the reason why that was a mistake was because his branding was very super upbeat and more had like a party vibe to it and me my wedding video approach or just branding approach was more i focus on storytelling i focus on the more emotional moments of a wedding day, I focus on the more in-depth stuff. So our styles were entirely different. So there's no way I should have been collaborating with him because this dude would never understand me because we're not on the same wavelength. And that's okay, man. There's Aline knows because there's people I I've, I've I've known Aline like we've talked. He's seen me literally transform my brand entirely in like 4 years. And I remember when we started he was there for all this. Every The story I'm telling you, he was there for all this. And like, you got to pick and choose who you want to collaborate with. Ask yourself their style. Do I respect their style? Do I respect, you know, how they put themselves out there? That kind of thing. Learn from those people. Don't learn from people who you don't even want to be like. Even when we would go to weddings, our energy was entirely different. It didn't make sense that we were working together. And in the end, what ended up happening to me was the way the guy conducted his his uh, his business was super shady. He had couples that weren't getting their, their, their photos. And then, personally, me, he, he pretty much cheated me out of $1,600. So, that wedding, I, I shot three weddings. And one wedding I shot, or one and a half wedding I shot for him at the time, I didn't get paid for. Because this guy just decided he wasn't going to pay me because he didn't feel like it. And yeah, you could think, oh, I'm going to take him to court. Guys, if you're gonna take someone to court, you still gotta pay for a lawyer. You still gotta pay for representation. And once you factor in how much you're gonna pay for representation versus how much money you'll get out of suing the person, it's not worth your time. It's not worth your money. So at that point, I took the lesson and that was it. And now I'm giving you the lesson so that you don't have to go through that. So I say all this to say when it comes to working for free, or just that whole, when you're in that networking stage and trying to like play the field, you know, really study who you're who you're going to work with and ask yourself, do I respect this person? Do I want to be where this person is? Is this person credible? Ask yourself all these questions. Because if not, they're probably not worth being working under, working for, or even
1: being associated with, period. If you guys don't already know, Damien definitely knows this, I don't like shooting weddings. If you're going to be like a narrative filmmaker, like what I'm going for there isn't money in that right away it takes time it takes time to climb that industry so I was like let me see what I could do on the videography front and make some money so this was really early in my game found a gig on Kijiji which is like the Canadian Craigslist it said that this couple wanted a wedding videographer I messaged them ended up having an in-person meeting Uh, they seemed really young. The price tag was only 600 bucks. Now when you're starting out and you're a kid, seems like a decent chunk of change. They were like, just capture the moments and make a highlight video. That's all they wanted. They didn't want This wasn't, this was like an ethnic wedding too. They didn't really have speeches or anything. It was just a whole lot of dancing like this. In this culture, they were just dancing a lot. They wanted a DVD. So I learned how to make a DVD, made a DVD with like the whole menu selection and everything. I was like learning a lot. And I was like, oh, like this is great experience for me. I gave them the thing and I do not understand what went through their minds. I think the bride's sister located where I lived because she uh, worked in, she worked in government and she found out where I lived somehow. I never told her where I lived. I never gave them my personal information. She ended up knocking on my door. I'm still a kid and is demanding for the money back. That's not how this business works. You don't get a product and say, I don't like it. I want my money back. That was just a nightmare experience. And she was basically trying to scare me and my family into giving the 600 dollars back when I did my job and I delivered and I'm not saying that this is their fault they're hiring someone who clearly has no experience because they're first of all looking for someone on kijiji they didn't they I had nothing to show for I didn't come to them and be like here's my portfolio hire me I was literally a kid who's barely graduating i don't even think i was in college at this point they're like yeah we need our money back and it was a nightmare i don't know if something like this has happened to you guys or if anything close has happened to damien but that was a horrible first experience and i didn't let that paint my opinion for all of weddings because i know that that's an, that's a very strange case but it was already not fun to begin with and then i tried to shoot a couple more and it just wasn't my cup of tea that And that was an example of a job that wasn't even free. Like, I was a paid gig, and...
0: Yeah, some low paid gigs ain't even worth it.
1: Yeah, because on the low end, like, it's weird. Like, there's this weird middle ground um, when you come to understand how psychology works when with marketing and pricing as well. Like, when you're in the free end, you're actually probably a lot better off than the people who are paying you on the low end. Because on the low end, you're getting people who are really, really, really stingy but still want something that's better than free. But what they don't understand is that you're probably going to get someone who's still only as good as free. And then they're going to get upset because they actually put money into it, even though it's not a lot of money. To them, it's a lot of money because they're being cheap. And then you get a customer that's very angry. And that's what ended up happening to me because they're the kind of clientele that should have had or looked for a free videographer, but they didn't. And they're like, let's see if we can get something better by offering a little bit of money. And that's not how it works. You're probably still going to get someone who has very little experience. Um, And I think that goes for everything. Like, I have this rule where I'm either going to buy the lowest version of something or the highest version. Like, in the middle ground is where everything is, like, messy.
0: Yeah. And one thing I'd say, too, guys, to protect yourselves... The best lesson I can give you from my story and Aline's story is that make sure you guys have some form of a contract. Aline was a kid when that happened. And me, I was the stupid part was I had a contract when when I dealt with this dude, but pretty much I didn't do a contract with him because I'm like No, like I wanted to create some level of trust with him. If it comes down to you're supporting your family or you're supporting yourself, you got to be professional. You got to be business is business, right? So there needs to be some form of a contract where you're protected, where, you know, this guy's obligated to pay you regardless, because that honestly what you just said, Aline, that I forgot that's exactly what he did. I finished the I finished the way because he's like, yeah, I want a very fast turnaround time. And this guy got petty because i finished the videos way before he put out the photos like i didn't send them to the couples but he was upset because i actually finished them really quickly and then so he just complained oh they all look the same and i'm like yeah that's the point bro like if you go to mcdonald's and you have the fries i'm not gonna hand you burger king fries i'm gonna hand you mcdonald's fries because when you put out a product Your clients have a certain expectation of what they're supposed to get, right? If it looks entirely different from what you advertise, then yeah, they're gonna, they might be pissed off, right? And obviously, and I'm talking like if you're established, not if you're just starting out, because obviously you're trying to figure yourself out. But this dude was trying to tell me that, oh yeah, this looks, they all look the same. They're not gonna like them. He sent the videos off to the couples. The couples love them. Couples messaged me and they're just like, oh yeah, we loved the videos. Like we were way more happy with our videos than our photos. That's real. Like that happened. So in the end, the couples didn't get their photos for like a year and a half. I ended up having to call him. I ended up messaging him, calling him because me, I fight for my couples and that's what happened. They got their photos. The law got involved. It was just not police, just like, like letters and lawyers and stuff and it was just annoying all of it to deal with that was annoying so pick and choose you know who you want to deal with make sure you got some form of uh, of a contract um, if you can make sure you pay someone to do your contract I know it might be money up front but you got to look at it this way if you actually run into a situation where someone is threatening to sue you that kind of thing or just whatever for whatever reason it's gonna cost you a lot more money than that doing that contract properly would have cost you One thing I would suggest um, honey if you guys sign up for something like honeybooks sometimes they have template template contracts if you can't pay a lawyer, that I'm not giving you legal advice by the way but I'm just saying something is better than nothing they have templated contracts on there that kind of pertain to if you're shooting events or depending on what you're shooting it just has very basic outline so I would check that out if you can if you guys are part of I think I mentioned this this school one time full-time filmmaker they have a very they have very good templated contracts they have good template contracts uh, that they give you with the course as well That course is like, I think it's like 700 bucks. So I still stand by that course, man. You should definitely sign up for it for different reasons. I am not, I don't have an affiliate code, nothing like that. I'm saying that based on I actually went through the course. So, but yeah, guys, I, I'm speaking from experience. Aline speaking from experience, you got to really pick and choose who you decide to work with, who you decide, decide to work for. Do you respect these people? You got to ask yourself these hard questions. Another thing, association. So Another small story i Mattel. So I worked with another photographer, and I love this photographer. I still talk to this photographer, but I can't work with them um, just because of how they conduct their business. So what happened was I had a wedding. I referred this photographer because I love this photographer's work. I've paid this photographer before to do work for me. You really hear me when I say this people will remember they may not remember the work that you gave them but they will always remember how you made them feel this person's work is incredible but and and I felt that when I got my work from them you know the experience I had with them on the wedding day I I booked this couple then I referred this photographer and this photographer booked they weren't super attentive with emails. They weren't super attentive with getting back to the couple. And the couple would relay that to me. I'd say, okay, no worries. Finally, they got the contract signed. Everything was cool. A whole year later, the wedding day comes. The wedding day comes, I'm at the wedding. The person that I originally referred did not walk in the room. It was someone entirely different. This person that walked in the room was wearing blue jean, blue ripped jeans, a plaid shirt with pink stripes on it. And he had this hat on that was just like backwards. And I'm like, who is this person? And the bride's looking at me like, who the hell is that? I'm like, I don't know. And the problem, guys, I know you're probably thinking, oh, it's not my fault. It's not my fault, but I still referred that person. I still put that person out there, right? And your reputation is everything. And what ended up happening was, luckily, the guy who actually did the photography work that day, he was really good. I found the way he spoke to people was a little off like he didn't he was nowhere near like his energy was entirely different from the photographer they were supposed to get and that was the problem for me they were smoking during the like we have a photo session part of the day and they were smoking during that time i'm like why is this why is this person smoking right and it's just certain things were just super off so like you got to be careful who you recommend these are just lessons i learned early on so at this point i'm very careful about who i put my neck out for who i recommend who i refer in the end um you know after the wedding the bride was super chill they were super she was super chill but like if i got a bride who you know who wasn't that chill and was like more of like a bridezilla because you will get them that really could have gone bad like it could have gone really 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 bad to be honest i don't want you guys have to deal with that so if you're gonna put your neck out on the line referring people, make sure they're credible, make sure you know that they're gonna they're gonna make you look good. Cause some people out here, um, they, it's all about the dollar for them. And honestly, I never spoke to like the photographer, we still talk today, but I, I never brought it up. I never brought it up to them because I'm like, I still love this person's work, but I'm like, I can't refer you. Because if you're not the person that's gonna show up at the wedding or the event that's my name that's my reputation and i can't i can't risk that right so it's not just about the work people put out also look out how they run their business
1: because that could it sounds yeah. like they were doing what the other guy did to you which is just bring people on but branded under their own name
0: pretty much that that's exactly what they did actually it's this whole idea of just like expanding and creating an empire and like oh you build this business and then you know, you don't have to actually show up to the job and you can like double book weddings on a day and make
1: more money. Yeah, it all ends up being about the money and there's nothing yeah. wrong with making things about the money. But you have to understand that when you do certain things, you're actually making it harder for your business to grow because you're affecting your reputation. And when you affect your reputation, guess what? You're affecting your money in the long run.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sometimes, guys, some people are not worth dealing with, even if it means you're getting paid. I think one time, one mistake, one mistake I made, I did a project for, and this wasn't a wedding. I shot a whole series of videos. So there was me, I was a videographer, and then there was a consultant. The consultant handled the company, and then I was kind of on the back end just doing the videography, which was great because I didn't have to deal with those people. It's awesome if you have someone else standing in the front line that just handles... The business aspect of things one mistake i made guys they wanted a song and when i say a song they wanted like a a license-free song that they can use in their video because if you're doing commercial work you need music that is that you have a license for. The song was $20 and I said that they have to pay for it. And they were very back and forth with me on it. And in the end they paid for it, but in the end I never worked with them again. And I'm not saying that's the reason why we never worked again together, but I think that put a bad, I knew that put a bad taste in their mouth. Out of the, all the good experience that we had to me, me screwing them out of $20 for that licensed song was not worth it. Especially now these days where you paying like $200 a year <laughs> For like Soundstripe or Artlist or whatever, right? And I and I made them pay like $20 for that Audio Jungle song. I don't know how you feel about that, Aline. But like when I really think back about it, it wasn't worth it. Like really, I should have just gave and given, went, got the song, given them that full product without them having to figure out any of the technical stuff. Because they had the business side of things figured out so well. I shouldn't even have them in my circle. And it wasn't worth it for me to to really make us think about that. That's you got to know when to take your losses
1: at times. Yeah. And for those of you listening that there's there's don't say don't take this as now I can't charge people for my business expenses. It's not about yes or no. It's about how you do it. You can package in your costs in your invoice you can list everything that was there. But when it becomes a thing where you're like bringing up like specific things that just makes psychologically it makes people feel like they're being nickel and dimed for everything when really they already are being nickel and dimed it's just how you present it changes how they feel about it so if you do want to have your licensing fee like say you do pay 200 dollars a year for soundstripe and you want to cover that cost through your business which you should because that's how businesses are run you're not going to go up to every client you're working with, like, by the way, you owe me $1.55 because I'm licensing songs on this. When you put it that way, it becomes harder pill to swallow. But if you just calculate all your expenses in your rate and adjust everything accordingly, you can put that $1. fifty-five or whatever the, bla- whatever the breakdown is going to be for you in the cost. And everybody's happy. You get what you're worth. You don't have to pay out of pocket for something you shouldn't be. And they don't feel like you're bringing up things like you have to pay for my SD cards. You know,
0: I read this the other day. I was about to do a consultation with a client and I read this to myself like five times. And it was it put me in the right mindset. It said the workshop that I did was called I suck at sales workshop, which was perfect because I was literally about to do a consultation and I was losing my mind because I'm like, where do I start? Where do I end? I'm very introverted. So like me talking to people, especially on a Skype call, video call, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. I'm like, yo, I got to focus on selling to these people and like trying to be personal. And it's like, for some people, it's very natural. Uh, for me, it's kind of, there's a process to it. So this line really put me in the right mindset. It is serve. Don't sell. Don't be an asshole. I'll, I'll say that right out the gate. Don't be an asshole. Don't be a know-it-all. Like I said before, people may not remember what you what you sold them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. If you and I'm saying this so blunt, if you are a dick, I don't care what kind of work you put out, I don't care what kind of work you gave a client. If they don't like you, if they don't like working with you, they're not going to hire you again. Our industry, I'll say this from going to film school to coming out of film school to working in corporate to coming out of corporate and doing weddings. There's a lot of people in our industry who have very high egos. To a certain degree, we gotta humble ourselves, especially if we're trying to serve people. It's not just about what you're selling them. One dude I know who I'm gonna feature on this podcast, his name is Jonathan. And the one thing I respect about him is that he serves his couples. I remember I used to work at a camera store. He would come in. He didn't know everything about cameras. But dude's on the other side of the counter. He's working full time, shooting weddings, shooting commercials, shooting real estate. Even right now in the pandemic, this dude's busy. Uh, Of course it has something to do with the work he's putting out. But I know a lot of it has to do with how he makes people feel. And you want to know how you make people feel if you have an impact on them? Do they interact with you? On social media, when you say stuff, do they care? It's not It's not just about, I know I'm going off here, but like, I'm just trying to prove a point. Like, serve, don't sell. People don't wanna feel like they're buying from a store. We're, we're so proprietors, we're business owners, we're, we're people who are trying to like put out a little dream. Make them a part of that, make them feel human. If they want shit service, they can go to Best Buy. I'm saying like, no matter what you're doing, whatever you're you're selling, even if you're not selling something, it doesn't matter. Even if you're going into film, be resourceful, be helpful, serve people, and people will notice that. People will want you in their circle if they feel like they're getting value. Me and Aline are doing this. We're not getting paid to do this. This is us giving back. This is us serving. We're not selling you nothing on this podcast. We're literally serving The people that we know would value hearing this. Even right now, what I'm talking about is me just being really real with you guys. I'm trying to be real. Serve, don't sell. Find out how you can give value to people. When you're trying to think of how much to charge, when you're trying to think of factoring in your expenses, make it easy for the client. That's the point I was trying to get at. Make it easy for the client to sign the dotted line and say yes. The people that are gonna pay you like 10 grand for a project, they want the process to just be easy. They don't have time to go back and forth with you. They just wanna feel like you know what you're talking about and you're gonna take care of them. If you if you make the process of the, the whole process super difficult, it's gonna be that much harder for you to lock in deals. People who got money don't have time. So make the process easy for them. How do you serve them? How do you make the whole experience feel feel good? I have a client management software. Why? I pay $600 a year for it. Some of my emails are automated. Some of them are, I have brochures that just look nice. I pay for that because it's all about presentation. I want people to feel like when they book with me, they're being taken care of. When they pay me, it goes on to a portal. They get notified when they have to pay me. I want it to be easy for them. I don't want them to have to think so hard about booking with me. And I don't even care what you're shooting, whether it's a wedding or corporate, make it easy for them to book with you. I think that's a pretty good segue into how much should you charge. So how much should you charge? Do you have any vibes or feelings about this right off the bat?
1: I'm going to go off the assumption that you have zero to maybe two years of experience. I know some people, they're exceptional, but they start off and they're crazy good at what they do. They can justify charging pretty big price tags. But if you're just starting out, don't charge a ridiculous amount of money if you can't deliver. A small example is I know some guys that charged premium price for a wedding. We're talking more than $3,000, more than $4,000. Like this is high end wedding price tags. When you're paying that much money for a wedding video, there's certain expectations you should be hitting. You shouldn't be late. That's a big one. I'm not even talking about camera skills here.
0: Or don't be under the influence.
1: Don't be under the influence. Don't be high. Don't be drunk. True
0: story. True story, guys.
1: Yeah, Damien knows about this one. He knows where I'm going. Not
0: us. Yeah, not us, not us. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This wasn't us, obviously. Yeah, don't be high. Don't be drunk. Don't be late. And most of all, don't forget your gear. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you manage to book clients with that amount of money and think it's okay to forget your gear. Here's the biggest lesson, guys. People fuck up. I'm sure Damien has fucked up in his business at some point. I know I have. But it's not about the fuck up. It's how you're going to make it right. Sometimes making it right means you're going to take a big loss. You're going to give them all their money back and over deliver. But these people didn't do that. They just dipped. So if you feel like you're going to take on a client and it's too much to handle, the pressure is too high, the expectations are too high, you're dealing with a certain level of clients that expect a lot, which they should because they're paying a lot, you already know you're way out of your league. I think it's really easy for people to think to just sit back, think about things from... Let's just scrap the business for a second. Just sit back and think, can I handle making someone feel like they got their money's worth if they're paying me $3,000? Forget how much your business costs are. Forget how much all those expenses are going to be. And just sit there and be like, you're going to pay someone $3,000. How do you want to feel? Can you deliver that feeling? Can you over deliver that feeling? And if the answer is no, you shouldn't be charging $3,000. You should scale down your business costs. If that's how much you need to be charging, you need to figure out what you can do to justify charging $3,000.
0: Try to decide who your audience is like, who are you trying to and this will be on a, a later episode. But who do you market? Who are you trying to market to? You know, you really ask yourself that question. Like, don't say, I just want rich people because you know what? I mean, if you book a $10,000 wedding, now you got $10,000 expectations and $10,000 problems. You book a $10,000 wedding, you got to carry yourself a certain way. If you're dealing with elite people, you got to know how to handle those people. They're not the same. Okay, me, I'm at a point in my career where I could have chose to go the luxury route, shooting $10,000, $5,000 weddings. I'm like, I honestly don't want to. I don't like dealing with people like that. I don't come from a background like that. I started in my life with nothing. So I'm like, I don't like being like, if I'm being real honest with myself, I wasn't, I don't, I don't like being in rooms with people like that at a wedding on a wedding day because the things they care about, I don't care about. There's a few types of weddings you can shoot and my type of wedding are the brides who are focused on just the simple parts of the day. Some of them do it outdoor. It's a, it's like a barn style wedding or it's like more scenic, more more laid back, more chill. There's no like crazy limos involved, six tier cakes and like an eight course meal and a ball, wed- a ballroom wedding. I don't like ballroom weddings. I know I don't like ballroom weddings because then I got ballroom ballroom issues. I don't want to deal with that. You have to be really honest with yourself. It do, it's not to say that you won't make money because if you, if you cater to a certain crowd of people, to a niche crowd of people, then you will make money because they'll feel like their brand that you're sorry that your brand and what you're doing is for them. And if you can connect with them on an emotional point, then they're, you're, they're going to be sold. But if you cater to everyone, you market to no one. That's going to be in our next episode. It's going to be fire. So catch that. But when my business became about how do I make these people feel good, things changed for me. Because before it was all about my art. Because I'm like for what I do, I do, I shoot a lot of events. I'm always constantly doing videos for people. Don't do that. Nobody cares. They're just going to remember how you made them feel, and I would say focus on how you can serve them, how you can make them feel good, how you can be memorable. Why are they going to talk about you? I know it sounds like, well, what does this have to do with me working for free and how much I should charge? It has everything to do with that. If you have it in your mind that you're going to serve people, that's a long term gain. If you have it in your mind that you're just trying to sell, that's not long term. Your best form of marketing is word of mouth. If all people are going to do is talk crap about you, (laughs) you're
1: not getting no more gigs. Yeah, and trust me, it's not hard to piss people off if they're paying you. For real. So free to fee. Give
0: free work with an intention of what you hope to gain from it. Have a clear vision in mind. Have a clear vision of who you want to work with, who you actually look up to, who's worth your time. If you guys... trying to get into corporate my advice do an unpaid internship for a major company that has an established brand for me it was a telecommunications company and I was a videographer there and I learned all about branding I learned how to deal with people who were not my people I was in videography and the departments there you had a marketing department you had an analytics department you had like all these departments where these are people I would never work with, but I learned how to talk to people who were totally out of my league, which really helped me when I went looking for other corporate clients because you learn how to speak to different kinds of people, which is super important. You got to know how to handle, oh, and that's another thing. Corporate's a nightmare because they don't always know what they want. So they're always going to ask you to go and make changes that sounds small to them, but they're really big for you. So you have to kind of know what to expect when it comes to that. And you're only going to know if you actually put yourself in the lion's den and and figure that out. That's another thing for the future. If you know how to deal with clients like this, you know how to limit re-edits and There's a certain, you know how to meet their expectations without them asking for reshoots and re-edits. If you don't have good communication between you and the person you're trying to sell to, then you may never get to that point where they're gonna be happy with the product you gave them. So understanding how to navigate corporate and just people in corporate is a skill in itself. They don't understand video. They don't understand how to get from point A to point B. You gotta know how to do that. Um, And if you don't, I would highly suggest doing an unpaid internship or a paid one. Because unpaid internships kind of suck, but you can get a paid one, that's cool. But if not, I did unpaid and it's rough, but man, I got a lot of value from doing it. So I can't, I can't knock it entirely.
1: Did Do they give you any perks aside from, I just want to know no. for myself, like I know it was unpaid, but sometimes like, oh, like you'll get free food or whatever.
0: Nope, no free food, no free transportation. I literally worked this thing like it was, it was Monday to Friday, nine to five. That's crazy. It was crazy Um, when I think back, I was 18 at the time, 19, 18, 19 at the time, and how I got that, most of the students that were there, and this, this goes with what I was trying to say to you guys, serve, don't sell. Best example I could give you, the way I got that gig, I worked actually in the Starbucks in the basement of that building, and I used to serve the people who worked up there every single day, and I would make myself known, I was nice to them. I tried to network. I essentially networked with them, but I didn't even know. That's why it pays to just be nice sometimes because I didn't know they worked up there. I didn't even know that they did videography up there. That's crazy. And then just one day, I'm just sitting there chatting with them and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a videographer trying to get myself, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, are you? I said, yeah. I'm like, you know, we have a program upstairs for people like that. I'm like, I did not know that. I applied, didn't think I'd get in. Every other person... In that program was like a university graduate and i didn't even i barely had a college education wow and you got in at 18. yeah i got in at 18. i was the youngest person there they called me the baby crazy i got in at 18 and it was it, honestly outside of the fact that the best thing is i was around people who had way more life experience than me way more life experience than me i'm telling you man if you guys surround yourself with the right people be nice to people serve don't sell even if you flip in burgers or, you know, you're serving drinks at Starbucks, um, be nice to people, be memorable, go out of your way for them because they, they'll definitely remember how you made them feel. They'll definitely remember how you made them feel.
1: I want to say a lot more, but I feel like what I, all, everything I want to say next really goes into our next episode because talking to people and networking really goes hand in hand with marketing as well. So I'm going to save my stuff for for that episode.
0: Another thing, guys, when you're trying to figure out how to price yourself out, factor in your amount of money that you paid for gas and travel time. Don't go telling your client that, oh, yeah, I need money for this as well, after the fact. Like Aline said, factor it into your pricing so that it's just easy um, and you just, they don't have to think about that. Just make sure that's it's already in your price so it's just easier for them. The last story I'm going to share with you guys is a photographer that I worked with who they pretty much had this referral. So referral systems. If someone's going to say to you, if I get you a wedding, I get a cut. So imagine Aline is a high end wedding photographer and I'm a low end wedding videographer. And he says to me, hey, I'll get you some weddings, but I get a certain percentage of what you make. In some instances, it's okay to take the hit, but in others, it's not. And I'll tell you where it's not. I had a photographer who pretty much referred me to a few weddings, got me a few weddings. She only got me three weddings. And by the end of the year, I owed her $900. And it was a lot of money for me at the time. And when I thought about it after, it didn't make any sense. The amount of money she wanted me to give her for each wedding was 20%. That's a lot of money for That's someone not- That's more
1: than what industry agents take for gigs. Exactly. So be smart. If someone's going to
0: do a referral thing, try to think of other ways that you could help this person. Like if you're a videographer, maybe offer to film something for them for free. Maybe trade in your time rather than money to help them out. And I would say, say, hey, if you're doing an engagement session, I'll come, I'll film it. You can post it on your Instagram. The win for you, you're not getting paid. But if you go there, you can actually watch how she poses couples because that's a skill in itself that um, it's not easy to learn. Um, just getting comfortable enough to be around people and then pose them. is not easy. So try to think of how you can learn something like you can get value rather than just money. Money is should not always be the goal because that's not always going to be the most valuable thing, valuable asset that you'll get um so try to think of other ways that you could serve them rather than you paying them like x amount of dollars of what you charged and yeah so i would say at most if you're doing referral fees maybe 5% or like 2% honestly <laughs> speaking
1: yeah referral fees referral fees are a funny thing because i'm not from exactly your side of the industry and sometimes you'll have an agency Like if you're a DP director, you'll have an agency, they'll get you a gig and it's a fixed rate. But they're doing the work for you. They're literally going out of their way and finding you gigs. And they're only taking 10% on average. You've got people who aren't even going out of their way to find you gigs. Like they're not hunting for jobs for you. They're not talking about you all the time. They'll be like, oh, I know a guy. That's not a a lot of work for 20%. That's nothing. They have to do nothing to get that 20%. They're already hustling and getting themselves gigs. And then they'll be like, oh, do you need a videographer? No? All right, cool. Yeah, I've got this guy. That does not deserve 20%, guys. The people whose job it is to find you jobs are taking 10 to 15%. There's no way someone should be taking 20% for just putting a word in.
0: Yeah, and I would say the, the right people are going to refer you because they respect you. They They either respect your work... Or they respect your passion or the fact that you're trying to make a name for yourself, something. But people who are just out here like trying to pick on you because you're the little guy and they can make a quick buck off you, those are the people I would not associ- associate yourself with. Like I said, there's a guy I'm in a feature on this podcast. When I couldn't work for him because I saw something in him I didn't see in myself. And what I saw in him was his ability to connect with his audience. I am very introverted i am an artist at heart i can create but i'm not the best when it comes to connecting with people so when i saw him um i decided i'm gonna try and work for he was hiring and i actually auditioned for him i put a whole video together and tried to audition for him and everything went right and the only thing was is that um I guess they didn't end up hiring me. They hired someone else. Pretty much right at that point, I decided, okay, I'm going to start my own company. But uh, he's always been that guy where like, I look at his stuff and I'm like, this guy knows how to connect with his audience. Like, He's really good at it. I don't know what I was trying to say with that, but serve, don't sell. And people may not remember what you did for them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Keep those two things in mind when you're trying to... Either decide how much you want to charge, and if you want to work for free. You have to really rethink strategy. Jab, jab, right hook. That came from a guy named Gary V. And the first jab is free. The second jab is free. The right hook is asking for the sale. Kind of a different terminology for what I'm talking about right now. But what I'm trying to tell you is... Sometimes you have to give a little free, give a little free to get what you want. You have to show value before you get what you want. You have to serve people, show your value first before you get what you want. You can't just, sometimes you can't just come out, especially in times like today, you can't just come right out the gate and say, pay me a thousand dollars because I have a university degree in film. That means nothing. I ain't got nothing else to say.
1: Well, if you guys want to work for free, you can hit us up on the camera therapy podcast on the Instagram. <laughs> if they want to work for free. I'm just joking, guys, but for real, if you guys enjoyed this episode, check us out on Instagram. If you guys have any questions, you can hit us up on Instagram. It's the Camera Therapy Podcast. We'll see you on the next one.
0: See ya. See ya. Safe. That was bomb, son. Cool.